Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Center Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shemanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. There is no UC, no bells are on the docket. We got recaps to do, obviously. Um, however, we do have a bunch of news. But before we can get into all that, we got to talk about two quick sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me filled up, keep me going throughout my day. Uh, no matter where I am, whether I am at the gym, I'm at home working, or I'm uh, standing under a pavilion because my fucking concert that I was going to on set on uh, Thursday was rained out, uh, I'll be there no matter what. And, uh, you know, Rogue Energy keeps me there and keeps me going throughout my day no matter the situation. Um, however, Elixir, they'll go ahead and keep you really calm, help you uh, chill out after a long day with their Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. Once again, code sound off for them to get 10% off and support the show. And for both of those, that's once again, code sound off at checkout. Angel, uh, look, man, um, UC Vegas 79 going down last Saturday night from the uh, UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'd say a very solid main card. Uh, prelims were okay. Obviously, the main events. Featuring lightweights Mateus Gamrot and Rafael Fazeev comes to a bit of a disappointing end seconds into the, not seconds, excuse me, just minutes into the second round. Uh, Rafael Fazeev hurts his knee and that's basically it. Uh, it was a competitive first round, traded some big shots. Rafael Fazeev obviously won the first round, but I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this one. Unfortunately, coming out of this, uh, it is an injury loss, uh, for Fazeev. So what do you think about it, man? I mean, just, just a, such a uh, underwhelming way to end the night, right? After having, I'd say, a pretty strong main card, and for it to just end the way it did, especially when we were, it was looking really good, and we had a relatively competitive first round. Uh, we saw some, you know, some right hands layoff at, at a Gamrot, some jabs make their way through, and it was like, okay, this is a nice little. Uh, you're showing a new layer here that you know he's he never had like bad striking, but you know his bread and brother is his wrestling. His success will come in the wrestling department. And for it to end the way it did, it, it just sucked. It sucked for both guys. They both didn't get to uh, to uh, show themselves and what they've been preparing for for this fight. And there was a, a lot still there, and it was shaping up to potentially be a great five round fight. And we just we were prevented from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really sucks. And, and it really sucks that fans were prevented because, like we said, we, we were pretty psyched for this one. I mean, no, personally, at least so I was. Man, like Apex cards really don't get me jazzed anymore. I think. You know, I try I, I try my best to go ahead and, uh, you know, hide my, my thoughts a lot of the time on the Apex, or at least not talk about it these days. Uh, but, yeah, like, I don't really care that much, but I do care about this fight, and it's a damn shame that it went the way that it did. Uh, for Gamrot, man, uh, if, you had to take a, if you had to take a guess, who do you, who do you want to see him fight next? Who do you think he will fight next, taking a look at the UFC rankings? Uh, obviously he is, you know, he did lose to Gaethje this year, but outside of that, he still has not fought a lot of those top guys. Man, I mean, the thing is, I just don't think they'll give him any of these top guys. I think that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe logically moving forward, probably the loser of, of the of the upcoming title fight would make sense. So, yeah, Islam or Oliveira. Uh, I think Chandler would make sense, but it seems like he'll probably be winning for Connor next year. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
Benio, the Benio fight just happened, and obviously Dustin's not going to be taking any. He's kind of stated his uh, stance on what he's going to do going on forward in his career, and Justin's kind of waiting for his shot at the title here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, Gamera's just in a weird spot, and I don't think he'll fight down. I don't think he should fight down because I don't feel like it makes a lot of sense for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. We, we did kind of admittedly talk about this in the green room a little bit. I mean, uh, Mateus Gamrod is a he's a not fun fight for anybody to take. Uh, he's I mean he's just outside the top five. He's not a huge name. He unfortunately I don't think he'll get a fight with Poirier or he'll, he won't definitely won't get a fight with a guy like Chandler or so on and so forth. Um, he did lose to Dariush. Um, I, I you know. It it is unfortunate. It's just unfortunate for and plus even the wins that he had, like he had a split decision win over Jalen Turner, came in on short notice, obviously. And then even this win over Fazee would normally be awesome on paper, but it was as a result of an injury. I don't know who he'll fight next. I think he's gonna have to probably fight back, which which honestly sucks, but you know, it is what it is. For Fazeev, probably gonna be out around a year. Um, maybe come back in, in early twenty twenty five, late twenty twenty four. Uh, just a bit of a damn shame, man. I mean, this led, like we said, this is shaping up to be an awesome fight. Um, and I don't have too many takeaways, uh, because unfortunately, because of the way that it went. But Angel, it's alright though, because, you know, if this fight didn't even happen, I think everybody would still be talking about Bryce Mitchell and Danny Gay. Um, <laughs> dude, Bryce Mitchell's always been a wild guy. I mean, the first time I heard of Bryce Mitchell was like right after he got signed and he accidentally put his balls in a fucking, you know, in a drill, you know, uh, he had that happen to him, but like, he's been, he's been getting kind of like progressively more crazy. Uh, <laughs> and so he shows up for this one, his fight against Dan Ige and with the Bible held up screams freedom at the top of his lungs. He wins the fight. It was a competitive fight. We can talk about the scoring in a minute. Um, gets on the mic, starts talking about the, the evils of Satan uh, asked Bisping and, and Ige to pray with him. I think Dan Ige did it anyway, but uh, just just a really weird night for Bryce Mitchell and uh, Dan Ige. Uh, what did you think about about this whole uh, this whole fight, man? I know some people actually did not like the scoring in this one. How how'd you how you uh, score it? What did you think about it? Really, people didn't like the scoring in this one. Yeah, some people thought that Dan Ige did enough damage to win one and two. I, mean, I, I have to disagree there. I thought Bryce Mitchell won it, but. Uh, what about you? What'd you think? I, you didn't even give me your thought. Uh, I gave I gave him rounds one and two. Yeah. Who Ige or, or Mitchell? Ige, Ige. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if it's based on damage, I don't see how you can. I mean, I, I mean, Bryce Mitchell had a really good third round. I won't dispute that. But I mean, did did he do anything besides get? I know he got a takedown near the end of round one, and he got the mount and landed some strikes. But outside of that, he was getting pieced up in a similar case for round two. So, I mean, that that was just my perspective. But it, it wasn't like a – it wasn't a robbery. And I had no problem with the decision. Yeah, no, it, so, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a shitty 10-8, you know? No, no, it, was, it wasn't like that. But, yeah, I mean, if he would have – if he gave the fight to Mitchell, I don't have an issue with it either way. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, dude, I feel like most of the interest of this fight came after the fact rather than during the fa- – you know, during the fight itself. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think for for Ige, a little unfortunate, right? Kind of, like I said, you know, he's like right in the middle, but just can't be the guys right above him, you know? Bryce um, mm-hmm. Mitchell kind of sneaking his way through here, but it's, you know, he's going to get to a point, I think, 
coming up in maybe some of his future rights against these higher-ranked guys. Maybe he'll get away with one or two, but definitely at the very top, I don't think his wrestling will, in his uh, jiu-jitsu will be everything that uh, won't be able to take him the whole way. Mm-hmm. At least not at this point in time. He could. I think if he starts adding more to the arsenal, maybe putting some more things in there, it's not a... You know, it's not an out of the realm of possibility. I think right now it's just the you, you can tell that like, there's there needs to be a little bit more, so you know he could get even better results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, dude. I mean, it, for Bryce Mitchell, it, I was I, this was obviously a big win for him, and like I said, I didn't think he deserved necessarily the nod, but if he would have given like scoring aside, right? Um. Man, I, he did not look any like if they would have ran, re-ran that fight, for example, for, if they would have re-ran uh, his loss to Elite Poirier, I think he would have just lost worse. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's a guy that like I really want to see him add more tools to the arsenal, like you said. But he just looks—I think it's like the opposite, man. Like he just looks rough out there, man. Like, and obviously it was his first career loss to Elite Poirier last December. He took a lot of damage there. Uh, he spent nearly a year out of the cage. He was talking about retirement. You know, he's, he's, I don't even want to get into all the conspiracies because he, like, you know how, like, sports aside for Minute Angel, there's, like, 20% of, like, America now that just believes in every single conspiracy. You know what I mean? Bryce Mitchell's one of them, you know? Like, it's just, just and, uh, like, as for, like, his fighting career, it's like, damn, man, like, please just put, put down fucking, put, put down 4chan, man. Like, just, fo- <laughs> don't go into the telegram, you know? Don't go into the chat. Just focus Come on. on. Come on, Josh. You really think he's a sports fan? Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I know. I know he's. I know he's on Twitter. You know, um, it's just, just you don't got a four. In the in the that's the old days. You used to have to go to like four chan and like Reddit and, and crazy stuff to like see crazy shit. But now it's just all over Twitter. You know. Regardless, it's like man, please, Bryce. I'm, I'm begging you. Please stop talking about flat Earth, man. Like just <laughs> just go and take that attention and put it towards fighting, and you'll be so much better. You know. Um, Admittedly, I was I was very disappointed in Bryce Mitchell. I, I had way I had way higher hopes for him in this fight, but that was just kind of my thoughts on it, man. Admittedly, I am. Are you are you admittedly? Maybe is it, is it just me, or are you also a little bit concerned that Bryce Mitchell seems to be getting rapidly more crazy? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this will peak at. I don't think he's crazy. I think this is just him, Josh. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you could definitely be a little bit crazy and still be you. I'm, actually, hey, I'm a little not, bit crazy, you know, and I know shit, I'm me. Shit, as long as he's not hurting anybody who isn't in a cage. <laughs> You're right. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. I hope he's doing well, man. I hope he's doing well because I've been very concerned with, with Bryce Mitchell stuff and uh, very recently, um, you know, anyways. With that and the girlfriend stuff and, like, just, I mean, we talked about it briefly last week and like, the whole shopping cart in the rain, which – no resolution. Can't find that video now, by the way, Angel. <laughs> I tried to look for Wait, it. Wait, what? Like, you remember that video of Bryce Mitchell just being out in the rain, like just randomly walking around with like a shopping cart? We talked yes. about it last week. I can't find that video now. I don't know what happened to it, but disappointing. It, it might have never even been real, Josh. Oh, God. <laughs> no, anyways, anyways. Um, for, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean... There's a couple of fights we can go ahead and talk about. A couple of very big performances. Which ones do you most want to talk about coming out of UC Vegas 79? Josh, you know, we should probably cut right here because your mic quality went down, like, significantly. Uh, Do I sound fine now? 
No, no, no. It sounds like it was like a little distorted there near the end. I think like right now would be a perfect spot to just try to fix it then. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just go ahead and cut it there, and then I'll go ahead and whatever, whatever. It'll be all right. Um, in regards to the rest of UC Vegas 79, Angel, what fights do you most want to talk about? Oh, man. Let me see. I mean, Josh, you got to talk about the fight right below. But Marina Rodriguez beat Michelle Waterson like she owed her money. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, some people had an issue with it going to the second round, which I can see. But it, it's going to sound crazy, Josh. I think the, the ref did try to look for an exit, though, with bringing in the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, what the I – mean, I, I hate to make the comparison, but is, is fucking – is Michelle Waterson like – the Tony Ferguson of women's MMA. I feel like I've just been watching her get repeatedly mugged for the last, like, three or four years now. And this fight was probably, I mean, this is probably one of the worst ass kickings I've ever seen in MMA. I mean, there wasn't a single isolated moment of this fight that was competitive, and it made it all the way into halfway through the second round. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it was, it was a bit sad to watch. I mean, she officially, and she has been since her last fight, and now has a uh, a negative record in the UFC, Josh. She is now 6-8 and eight overall in the UFC, uh, losing her last four. Um, I mean, yeah, dude, I mean, it, it, I think it's just time to hang it up. It sounds bad, but it just it just seems like it, you know? Mm-hmm. This was just kind of the, not, not to use the phrase like this, but the icing on the cake, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, just fucking craziness, man. And, well, actually, one last thing I do want to go ahead and um, mention before I go ahead and move on. Um, I mentioned earlier that Michelle Watson Angel, that, like, she's kind of like the Tony Ferguson of MMA. Like, you didn't really comment on that, but I thought that was a pretty good comparison. I want you to guess her current stretch, because it's much worse than you probably think. Well, okay, like, I, I saw it not that long ago. I know she lost her oh, last four. She had a win before that, and I think a loss before that, so. Yeah, of her last, she is, dude, it's like, it's like, she has gone one in seven in her last eight fights. She lost to Rodriguez twice, Luana Puera, Medellin, Emotion, Carlos Barza, and Yuani Andrzejczyk. And include, some of those fights, the Yoana one was just a fucking mugging. And that Marina one was just a fucking mugging, dude. Like, she did not retire post-fight, but um, apparently her daughter was crying in the first row, dude. Like, this was this was a tough-to-watch night, man. Um, For, for Michelle Waterson, anyway. Uh, we said that with a loss, she may <laughs> retire, but she hasn't shown any interest. Sometimes, Josh, these things just happen in MMA. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> You put your busting out the Gus Johnson line, man. <laughs> yeah, I had to, bro. I had to. Sometimes, you know what's funny? Actually, I gotta say it. I got, I gotta be the one to go ahead and say it. That was bullshit that everybody got mad at Gus Johnson for saying that. Because sometimes things like that actually just do happen. <laughs> right? Everybody was so mad at the time. I remember whenever that happened. Because you know like, something? The... If anything, I'm just disappointed we didn't get mal- Malice in the Palace when Conor McGregor and Habib had that fucking fight. You know, <laughs> post-fight or when all that shit happened post-fight. Like, that shit should have gone chaotic and it didn't. And I wish it did. You you know, are, I, I, think, I wish there was violence, goddamn. <laughs> I, I think that you are, you're not remembering as clearly as, as, clearly as you should, man. Like, 
I remember on that night, like, obviously the fighters didn't get into too many fights. Like, they got stuff pretty quickly. I remember, like, the Irish fans and the Russian fans were were fighting on, on the night of UFC 229. Like, I remember seeing fights, street fights, all over Twitter. Damn. Like, at the arena, leaving the arena. No, bro. I wanted to see chaos, bro. Like, full-blown chaos. They couldn't stop it type chaos. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's, that's my point, though, Angel. Like, everybody gave Gus Johnson that shit, but, you know what? Like... <laughs> Sometimes you, these things happen could, in MMA, baby. That's just can, the way it goes. Can you believe? Can you imagine if they would have dropped that line that night that Conor Habib fought and all that could happen? And they were just like, someone's just like, you know something? Fuck it. Sometimes these things just do happen in MMA. <laughs> yeah, dude. I found I found the videos, dude. Like there, there's compilations of fan street fights on the night of UFC 229. There's Russia. There's these Russian guys fighting these these Connor fans right now. I'm sure you can imagine who's winning. Oh, dude, the, the Irish fans must be killing it. The, it looks like the Irish fans are currently they have the numbers game, but they are not doing well. <laughs> send, me, send me a link so I can watch the shit post. post it's pod. it's just it's just like how the fight was on UFC 229. It was pure dominance from the Russian, you know. Jesus. But anyways, back back to back to back to MMA, you know, because sometimes these things do happen. Uh, Brian Battle picked up a win, dude. Brian Battle is a savage man. Like he he's I it's a very good possibility to come out of that tough season as as the best guy. I mean, there's a couple of really good guys that come out of that season though. What do you think about his one over uh, AJ Fletcher? It was it was good, man. Obviously tough tough for me because I I have enjoyed AJ Fletcher's uh or at least I've enjoyed kind of how his career's gone. And kind of how quick he picked it up, going from Amy turning pro very quick to the Contender Series to the UFC, which has been kind of a, a little rough once he's gotten into the UFC. For some suffering of a loss here against Brian Battle, nothing to be ashamed of. Brian Battle's obviously game is fuck. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean going into this, but I knew there was a, a very good chance that Brian Battle could win this. I mean, Adrian Fletcher's still 26 years old, has a decade, at, you know, at at least in this game, comes out of a good gym, has you know. Uh, you know, Lafayette's very own Dustin Poirier's backing as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be back. He'll be fine. But it, it's, it's definitely, definitely is one in three now in the UFC. And his last win was against Demba, who, who we, uh, you know, people probably know now because, uh, he had, he showed his bank account, like what, 10 bucks, five bucks, something like that before his fight. And then he just won his last fight, uh, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of that. Time to get to the next one, though. Charles Jordan, Charles Air Jordan, welcoming <laughs> Ricardo Hamas back to the UFC after what seemed a little bit a lot longer than what I thought, but it really wasn't uh, of a layoff. Dude, mm. a submission win from Charles Air Jordan. What was the thing? What, what was the thing you said about GSP recently? Someone was dude. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can, can you quote that for me? It fucking killed me. Charles Charles Jordan. I love Charles Jordan, dude. I, fu- I fucking I'll always love me some Charles Jordan. He was he was at Media Day and he was talking about how like it is to be a Canadian in MMA and he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to Spain, I'll listen to Canadian commentary uh, or French commentary, excuse me." And they'll be like, "Yeah, he's good, but he's no GSP." It's like, "Yeah, no shit." <laughs> yeah. Dude, I forget how young he is. He's only 27. Isn't yeah. Isn't that crazy? Give him to the UFC Young, 2019. He was in his early 20s way back when. Wow. I had no idea. Well, hey, man, you know, if he can 
he's been he's kind of built himself up a little bit. Look, he might not be a high profile, you know, he's not maybe Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, you know, just to give an example. But he's built like a, a whole little following, you know, with his own just just on him on the way he fights, purely on fight. Uh, not even so much, uh, and not to say he doesn't have a good personality either, but not so much on his personality, but just him being an absolute fucking badass and going out there and putting out fucking bangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a win he needed too. Like Charles Jordan, we talk about him, entertaining guy, young guy, like you said. But, and obviously he was coming off a win over Crone Gracie, one of the worst fights of the year though. Prior to that, he had lost two in a row. Like this was the dominant, just go out there and just fucking dominate and get the finish. That's the type of win he needed going into UC Vegas 79, and he got exactly that, dude. Very impressive. Um, and if he can keep the momentum going, who knows, man? Like you mentioned, he's only 27. Um, he's a former two-division champion and uh, fucking the, the TKO over there, that, that promotion. So. By the way, I've literally never heard of that promotion. Yo, you don't know? I, I want to say it's like a Canadian one. Well, uh, I, I, I does, it doesn't. I, I just or, or or Quebec, you know. They, I just checked. They had their last show in 2019. Uh, well, R.I.P. to TKO MMA. Sadly, it didn't even happen. Never mind. It got canceled. But it wasn't 2019. It was in May 2019. It was around for like a long time. I want to say. By the way, Gone fought on that. Gone fight on. I think Gone fought on that right before it ended. He was three and zero. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah that was his Mark last Andre fight. Andre Burial fought there. That was his last fight before coming into the UFC. He, he won yeah, that. if you look up their former so. champions list, they did have a lot of talent come through there over the years. Taylor Lapilis was in there, Josh Hill. Yeah, there's some, there's some decently profiled guys right there. Yeah. Regardless, though, fuck, man. I'd like to see this man fight Alex Casares next year, or at least someone right outside of the top 15. Because um, I feel like he's not that far from it, Josh. I feel like maybe, hopefully soon, he kind of starts turning, going from... Fun action young fighter to potential contender. I mean, I yeah, I, I think he has that that potential within him. It's whether or not it, he unlocks it, lets it out, and strings the wins together, right? I really think he's actually started to make that. I think he quietly made that decision probably after his two fight losing streak. I have no proof to back this up. I think, but I think after the loss to Nathaniel Wood, he probably did that because he he could have chose, he, dude. He could have gotten wild with Crone Gracie, but instead he fought so disciplined that it was a terrible fight. And here was another one. He fought disciplined, but he got the he got the sub win. He got the finished win. You know, I think he probably is making those adjustments already. You know, he's he finding that it's, it's yeah. finding that balance, right? Yeah, he probably just hasn't spoken about it. Yeah, we'll give it some time. We will. I mean, in regards to the rest of UC Vegas '79, a um, couple of big performances, man. Um, on the prelims, I guess you should say. Uh, which prelim fights do you want to talk about? Dude, I this one right, Tim Means over his Andre Fiala, Josh. I knew, and I mean, I fucking knew there's a possibility Tim Means can win this fight. I did not expect it to happen though. The 39 year old, almost 40 year old Tim Means, 15 and 12 overall record at UFC, gets a finish win over the young Andre Fiala, coming off a three losing streak. I mean, dude, this is veteranship at its fucking finest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, fucking, t- <laughs> I, it's it's a it's a good day in MMA whenever Tim Means is able to do the damn thing. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't be mad about Tim Means winning a fight. Like, he's one of those guys that like is like universally, I don't want to say beloved because I don't think he he's, he doesn't have the biggest fan base, but like 
whenever Tim, whenever you see Tim Means coming up the fight, you're like, oh fuck yeah, dude, I love Tim Means, you know, like it's just. Uh, and that was the case here, dude. Like this fight, we knew going into it, it could be a fucking banger, and uh, but I was not expecting the ease of which he got Andre Fialo out of there, man. Um, this sucks for Fialo. I mean, that's his fourth loss in a row. You got to think that's probably it. Maybe they'll give him one more. Who knows? Um, that might be it. But like you mentioned, super impressive from Tim Means. Uh, Miles Johns got an impressive win. You hate to see Cody Brundage and Jacob Malkoon ending in a, day, a DQ. Uh, that's probably going to go ahead and save Cody Brundage's job, though, uh, you'd imagine. Because um, he was riding a three-fight losing streak prior to that. Uh, I'd say the big contract, dude, this fight was actually very controversial. Jake Collier versus Muhammad Usman on the prelims. Jake Collier was tuning him up in the first round. He gets eye-poked. Muhammad Usman turns the tie in, in rounds two and three, ends up getting the unanimous decision win. What did you think about that one, man? Yeah, no, I saw that. By the way, there's a little heat going into that one. Uh, Jake Collier telling him at the weigh-ins, your brother might be able to fight, but doesn't mean you can. I was like, oh, shit. All right. I mean, he, yeah. Well, what's his name? Wasn't shaking his hand, so he tried to saw. He tried to talk his shit, and I'm like, you know what? Good for you, Jake Collier. You know? Yeah. I mean, fuck. I try to remember this fight because I remember. I, I remember I came running to. I remember seeing that eye poke. I mean, yeah. I mean, the eye poke definitely changed the element of the fight. I mean, dude. Any time they happen, they do. Like, I, I don't think anybody can argue it unless unless it wasn't like a really bad eye poke. And granted, I mean, impossible to tell. Unless you're the person, which ones are the really bad ones and which ones are, you know, the ones that didn't affect you much at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, it definitely did. I mean, they always are, like I said, to an extent. They at least slow down the rhythm of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I don't want to get into it, but at the same time, like, dude, I'm so fucking tired of guys just... Because... That changes the entire complexion of the fight. Like, it wasn't just a, a nothing eye poke. And obviously, like you said, unless you're the person, you can't really know how bad it was. But from the fucking replay, I knew how bad this one was, you know? And completely changed the complexion of the fight. Easily lost rounds two and three. You know what I mean? And, it, and like, if he says, I can't continue, it was, you know, it's just... I wish he would have, but at the same time, it's not like they took the point anyway. So it's just, it's so frustrating. Um... To have that happen on like a weekly basis for somebody whenever. But you know, but you know what would have happened though if they took a point, Josh? It would have ended in a draw. <laughs> then that would have been better because Jake Collier yeah. doesn't have a job now. So no, you're not wrong. Did he actually get cut? Or is he, no, he, but he, four he, losses he, in a row is the is the, the the sticking point these days. Yeah, you're not wrong. Especially considering that they do their contracts in four, so he's not going to get re-signed after that. So that's just you know that's you know. Just fucked up. Um, I love to see my girl Mizuki getting a win. Love to fucking see it, dude. Three years out of the cage. Comes back. She dropped Inouye, by the way. I'm not sure if you saw that. She dropped Inouye. She just goes by Mizuki now. And that's badass. So That was interesting. I was like, what the fuck? But hey, man, teach their own, right? Yeah. I, I love that. I love that shit. So and she beat Hannah Goldie. Uh Maybe it on her USC career, but I don't know for sure. I mean, she's she's lost two in a row, one in five in the promotion. We'll have to see. Um, does have a lot of fans, has a very big fan base. I wonder why. Um, and then opening up the main card, Chris, I don't even have anything to say about this fight. But Chris Levin, Chris Levin. Making his judging debut. Dude, the crippler, one of the most entertaining fighters of all time. Maybe there's a good reason why we don't let it. Fighters judge fights, man. Uh, he had one fight to judge, and he was the dissenting judge in this one. And 
I don't understand how he scored that fight uh, for Vidal, but it is what it is. I mean, did you did you think that was even a? Uh, hey man, it went the right way, man. It's always as long as it goes the right way, <laughs> he'll get better at it. Right? I mean, he could have been nervous. You never know. Maybe he had a bad angle. There's a there's a number of factors, Josh. Yeah, I, I it could like it was his first one, right? Yeah, it was his first UFC. He's judged a couple of Bellator cards and he judged a couple of Cage Warriors cards. This is his first UFC one. Yeah, he could have been nervous. Could have been, you know, could have been a number of things, man. We gotta gotta give him a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. It's only one, you know. We've had guy fuck. We got guys judging every week who giving us fuck. You know what I mean? Like we can, if we can fucking, you know what I mean? We could give Crease even one, you know, when we've had these guys fucking doing all this bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we could we could be a little civil here and give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get another one. And honestly, I mean these Apex cards are probably the best place to go ahead and get some reps, you know. Um. So yeah, I mean I still got hope for life for fucking you know the Crippler man. I got I got a lot of hope. But anyways, man. Um. We should go ahead and move on. We got some Bellator to recap. Admittedly, a bit of a it's probably be a shorter shorter recap because you know, um, Angel. I'm not sure how much you saw this one. But in the main event of Bellator 299, Johnny Eblen picked up a knockout win over Fabian Edwards. Knockout in the third round. This is a competitive fight. Uh, Johnny Eblen had his head, just took an absolute brutal cut. But he gets the third, knockout win in the third round, proceeds to spit on Fabian Edwards, and nearly get into a fight with Leon Edwards post-fight. Uh, he actually he just, spit on him? I remember there was it, a lot of controversy behind that. Was there, has there actually been an angle revealed, Josh, where there is visible spit? Um, I remember thinking at the time, it looks like he spits on him. And the coach uh, for Leon and Fabian accused him of spitting on him. And uh, so, I mean, it's just up up to who do you believe. Do you believe Johnny Eblen, and it looks like he's spitting on him, and I don't think he's commented on it? Uh, or do you believe Fabian Edwards and Leon Edwards and their coach who said that it happened? And, you know, it looks like on video that he's doing it. But, you know, obviously, I guess you don't, I guess you don't know if he's actually just mimicking it or if he's actually just hogging it, you know, throwing a fat one at him, you know. But, uh, I mean, what'd you think about it? From what you saw, what do you, um, did you go through all the angles, Angel? No, I didn't, I heard, I, I remember hearing about it. I didn't see it. I saw the finish. It was all over Twitter, but I was like, I didn't even know there was, there was a, I heard on a podcast about the spitting situation, but I didn't know if it had actually been confirmed or not yet, if it did or did not happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from from what I see, it's not confirmed, but it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, like, it, lo- it looks pretty bad. Um, in regards to the fight itself, what'd you think about it? You know, any any closing thoughts? Because admittedly, I, I don't believe you saw it. You didn't see much of the rest of Belter 299, did you? No, but I need to, though. It looked like there was a lot of fun fights. There were certain results I did not expect. I need to go check out because I was like, what the fuck happened here? Um, regardless, though, I, I mean, Johnny Evelyn getting it done once again, Josh, putting himself in a conversation for one of the best middlewits on the planet. Uh, did he go a lot to the wrestling? Did a lot in the striking department and ended up going, you know, ended up winning, you know, like that. Like, that's a dub. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just kind of cool to see a guy find a, uh, continuing to win in other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's the real deal. I mean, he might be the best guy outside of the UFC today. Um, but I, you know what though? Like, we saw Patricio Pitbull come out and say that, like, you know, if Bellator is merging with the PFL, I want to go to USC. I don't want to be in either. You know, um, Johnny Eblen's one of those guys that I hope says it. I don't think he will. 
Um, because he also trained, like, for example, he, he trains with Sean Strickland. He trains with a couple of the UC guys. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he chooses, well, I don't think he's a full-time training member of Sean's, but you know what I mean. Um, I think he won't be that guy, but dude, I think Aaron Pico, like if I had to pick one guy, Angel, I don't know if you agree with this, one guy from Bellator to UFC, it's Aaron Pico. He is, dude, in that co-main event, he looked so fucking good. Pedro Cavallo is a young dog, dude. I mean, 28, he, it's, he's really hard to get out of there. You know, he's not the top guy in the Bellator rankings, but he's inside the top five, inside the top ten. Aaron Pico demolished him, and he's finally looking like the guy that years ago, all the way back in 2016, 2017, we were hoping that he's going to be. Uh, what do you think about his win? I mean, another, another, you know, a nice way to come back, especially after having the the whole shoulder situation in his previous fight. Um, and obviously, I know he had a win app. He got he got a fight before this. People, I think, <laughs> forgot that that happened. James Gonzalez earlier this year. Yeah. The whole situation with the Jeremy Kennedy thing, unfortunately, didn't get to really didn't get to show what he, he could do, and especially when he's coming into life now and kind of getting everything going, and his and he built this nice win streak over these past few years. Uh, and once again, gets it done against here against a guy who and Pedro Carvalho who kind of picked it up a little bit because he was also in a rough spot. He got one win in there against Mads Burnell. Should I think Mads Burnell picked up, did Mads Burnell pick up a win on this card too? Yes, he did. He uh, beat the shit out of Daniel Weichel, who then retired post fight. Yeah, and Pedro Garbarro has actually beat both those guys, so mm-hmm. that you know that gives you any idea. So yeah, no, I mean Eric Pico's coming to your life, man, Josh. I mean he's right there for a title shot. I mean there was really conversations about that in, in, his, in his uh when he was going into the Jeremy Kennedy fight, like he might fight for the title after this. Hmm. He should. If if the Bellator if Bellator continues long enough for him to fight for the title, it has to happen. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Obviously that that's that I mean that remains to be seen. Probably won't happen, but uh you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, man. This was a solid Bellator two ninety nine card. Like you mentioned, Bat just to kind of recap, I know you said you didn't see a whole lot of it. Matt Brunell, that was a huge win. Uh Daniel Vichel, his retirement doesn't really shock me. I mean this guy's you know, going on around 60 fights. So, a uh, long-time Bellator veteran, though. Uh, congrats on a hell of a career for him. Sabahu Masi, uh, insane knockout loss in the opening fight on the card. Peter Queeley fighting to a no contest. A lot of the Irish, you know, a lot of the Irish guys, it wasn't a, a good night, you know. Shane Kavanaugh loss. Peter Queeley, no contest. Charlie Ward, knockout loss. Excuse me, submission loss after getting dropped, you know. Um yeah, rough night for the Irish. But uh, it was a fun card, and if you look at that card, it's pretty clear that Bellator is just trying to run out a lot of these contracts because there was, I mean, over damn near 20 fights on the prelims alone. So There was, there was 20 fights total. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there you go. 20 fights total and fucking 16 of those long prelims. So just crazy, man, just absolutely crazy. Um, and are you – any closing thoughts on this one before you, you know – Want to go ahead and move on to fan questions? I mean, Josh, we have, we got, I mean, I know we're not there yet, but we will be talking about it here in a week. Dude, Bellator 300, it's on the verge. It's next week. I mean, we we get the conclusion to the Grand Prix. We have a total. Well, it is going to be a total of four title fights: two male, two female. Fair, right? We got to be, you know, modern. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, we're almost there. I mean, isn't that a little wild? It is pretty crazy, dude. It is pretty crazy to think about. Um, 
I mean, it's disappointing, admittedly. I mean, that's kind of like, it's kind of normally I, I love, I love a card like this, but at the same time, it's just kind of sad now, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, like, this could be the last one. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I mean, they're going all out, Josh. I mean, they got most of the names they can bring. They got a lot of their young guys on there. And obviously a lot of talent in their main cards and even late in their prelims, Josh. So, I mean, I'm excited to talk about it next week. Same, man. Very excited to talk about it next week. Um, and coming at a good time, too. I mean, it's not like they have a whole lot to compete with that week, honestly. So, I uh, hope that Belter 300 is, is a good one, man. But, uh, anyways, we do have fan questions. We put out the call on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram for some fans to go ahead and put some questions, some topics through. Because like I said at the top of the show, there is no UFC, there is no Bellator. We have a big boxing match, but there's only one. You know, normally sometimes there's like a couple in a weekend, only one big boxing match, and no real substantive MMA to talk about. Um, we put out the call, and we got a couple of them back. Um, first question, this one's from YouTube. Dream UC 300 main card lineup. I'm assuming this is going to be five fights, and we've talked we've talked, talked a bit, you know, recently about UFC 300 anyway. Um, but Angel, I guess looking at the lay of the land right now, and they haven't announced any fights for UFC 300. It'd be around, I believe, May of 2024, if my math is correct, April or May of 2024, uh, depending on you know my math, which is probably terrible. Didn't graduate college for a reason, um, <laughs> but uh, Angel. Five fights, man. We can just go one at a time, just trade back and forth. What do you think will end up being, like, realistically, the main event of UFC 300? Uh, your head right now. I think it'll be 150, whoever the 155 champ is versus potentially Volk. Mm. Yeah, I think. And that's obviously dependent on if he beats Ilya Tepourier in, in like, likely January. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm actually, I'm on the same page. Um, if you it makes sense. The, yeah. It really does. And if you look at the rest of the division, not the rest of the division, the rest of the UFC, the only real guy that's called for it has been Volk. Izzy called for it, but he, you know, he lost to Sean. Um, and I don't think they'll put Sean Strickland on UFC 300. I'd be very shocked. Um, you know, Connor called for it, but he's got USADA. So, and I think he'll probably end up returning early 2024 if he does it all. So, I, you know, I think realistically... Makachev Volk 2 will probably end up being it. Or, Angel, the other side of this, if Oliveira wins, I could see them doing Oliveira Makachev 3 in the main event. As a trilogy. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. 300-3 trilogy, 101 apiece. You're not wrong. Yeah, I think, yeah. So I think regardless, I think we're going to see the lightweight title on the line. Uh, that being said... Call main event, dude. I mean, we kind of, we, we said, you know, we, we talked about this in the past, probably three title fights. Um, who do you, who do you think might be in the call main, man? Uh, Bantamweight. I think Sean, I think Sean would make a lot of sense on this fight. Um, I mean, if they're not doing cheat, I mean, if that fight, I, I doubt, I mean, at this point with all the fights that I announced, I doubt we'll get Cheeto and Sean in December. But at the same time, we could get him early this year. It's weird, Josh, because, Sean could fight before UFC 300, realistically. Yeah, I, um, I mean, that'd be dumb if they do, but I, I think they should save him, honestly. But yeah, that build-up, those guys have history. I mean, that'd be, that would be really good for UFC 300. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say there would be a good combination because everybody's got like that's the other thing, Josh. We, we, that's another thing we got to take into account. Which goes about weight classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing that we never even talked about, Josh. I mean, if if Jones doesn't retire after Stipe, let's say hypothetically, right, or however that fight ends, mm-hmm. would it be surprised if we got John Jones at UC three hundred? Yeah, I would not be surprised either. If John chooses to fight, keep on fighting UFC 300, because he wanted to fight at UFC 200 because he fought in UFC 100, but it didn't happen. Yeah, so maybe some little redemption there. Sergey Pavlovich, I know, maybe not a big name, but John would be coming off potentially a big victory after Stipe. Or, if John is to lose against Stipe, rematch UFC 300, Stipe Jones. You know what I mean? There's a lot mm-hmm. to build up on there. Another potential main event. You so, know, admittedly, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, so that could be potentially the main event, Jones' main event with X, and then 155 champ with X that we just named. Oh, man. Yeah, I think if it's Jones, he'll headline, but admittedly, I think a lot of this just depends on... We're still, like, so far out, so it's, like, it's hard to say. I think, like, we don't we don't have to do a whole main card if we don't want... Like, we know some of the people who will be on there. Like, Jim, Jim Miller's going to be on there, 100%. Yeah. Against who? He said Matt Brown at welterweight is what he wants. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, and I don't it is, see why. If it's not Joe Lozon, it has to be Matt Brown. Yeah, I want it to be another bet, and I don't – Matt Brown said it'd be down for it, neither guy is booked. So, you know, I think that fight – I think we're going to get a, a free – not a freak show fight, but we're going to get another one of those fun fights that has no relevancy. Like, UFC 200 had Brock Lesnar – I don't know who UFC 300 will have. It might even be Brock himself. I mean, because well, well, of the, the, the deal, you know, the merger. Well, Josh, depending what happens in December as well, I know I'm adding a lot of, like, what yeah. ifs, what go down, but they play a factor because we're going at this is going to be next year. Uh, Colby Covington, Dustin Poirier, welterweight. It's another big one. I thought about that fight, too. Just a money fight. Both guys benefit from it. Nothing to lose, really. You know. Uh, shit. I mean... You know, one that uh, would probably trigger some people, Sean versus Izzy rematch, or yep. Izzy versus someone on there, Izzy versus Rob trilogy, three, 300, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I always got to bring it up. Yo, I see what you're doing. I see uh, you, Angel. Brandon versus Figgy at 135, the <laughs> five, you know, whatever five is. Just fuck it, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, realistically, I think you're you're going to get some variation of Volk's going to be on there. I think there's a very good possibility that Izzy will be on there. Against who? I don't really necessarily know. Um, and I think you're going to get a big name. I just don't know who. You're going to get a free, not a free show. Again, I almost called a free show. But, like, a fun fight with no relevancy to rankings. Um, yeah, I mean... It's going to be, it's like, gonna be a like, card. Like we feel, I mean, Josh, another one we're not even throwing out there, Chemayev. Chimayev, That's another one, yeah. Chimayev, maybe Chimayev for the title. You never know. Maybe Chimayev come over 170. Return to 170. I don't know. Oh, shit. Be a little crazy, you know? I think, well, I think we'll see the return of some people. I think Paul Felder is apparently going to come back. That's a rumor. By the way, that one threw me for a loop. But that is our freak show fight there, Josh. Yeah, you're right. Paul Felder versus Dustin Poirier, UFC 300. Let's fucking do it, dude. <laughs> do you? Could you imagine? I'm not even joking. I'm totally down for it. You know, DC versus John at heavyweight. The return of Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Fuck it, you know. <laughs> Do you imagine? 
the trilogy at heavyweight. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, yeah. I mean, that's that's any closing thoughts, man. Any closing thoughts? No, I mean, that's, I think that's a good place. Uh, I think from as far as that question, I thought those were pretty good answers, pretty realistic answers to it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Realistic answer. It'll be yeah. it'll be fun looking back at this in a year, one, less than a year, whenever UFC 300 happens. Yeah, it's fucking it's it's Sean O'Malley versus fucking Volkanovski at featherweight for the, for the to become double champ or right. something. I don't know, something crazy. Who knows? Um. Anyways, man. Uh, what do you, him, you mean Alex Pereira versus John Jones for the heavyweight title? Triple weight champ, Alex <laughs> Could you imagine? Jokes aside, if there's a guy that we've always said, like, if there was a guy who could potentially do it, become a three weight champion. Realistically, now it's Alex Pahea because he's it's right on the verge. Of it. Alex Pahea, yeah. It's just because he's on the verge of it. That's a nice TikTok clip right there for you, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Alex Pahea could become a three weight champ. Clickbait. He could. I mean, realistically, if there was a single guy in the UC that like. Had to become a three-weight champion, it'd be Alex Pahea and nobody else. I mean, we'll talk about his fight announcement soon. Holy shit, life, Josh. We just, we just, like, opened a can of worms there because, I, know. I mean, if he is the win, he's built a relative in, a, re, uh, a relevant name. He would have power as a champ. And I'm sure if he campaigned for it, for him to get a heavyweight fight against John, it's not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's ever talked about this. This is this is this is fascinating to me now. No, well, I mean, I I don't think he'll do it though. I think that's just. Oh no, I mean, definitely not. I mean, he has a he's a long way to go and all that. But I mean, as far as like marketing wise, name wise, there's some potential there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, there is some potential there if he ever chooses to pursue it. Um, we'll have to see though. We'll have to see because we have he still has to win light heavyweight title, which we'll talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, soon. You know, um, yeah. I mean, realistically, if there's a guy that could do it, it'd probably be him. But um, just go ahead and kind of move on a little bit to the next question. It's a bit of a fun one. Favorite Pride card of all time, if any? Is more of a, I, I don't know how how versed you are in your Pride your Pride knowledge. We're talking about the the organization, not the you know. The oh, Josh, uh, man, how did I? Sorry, I got confused. I got really yeah, I under, yeah. I know. I had to correct you. I had to make sure. Oh man, I do have one. I had it saved, funny enough. If you don't have your one years on the top of your head, I can go ahead and go. Go go ahead, go and, and break it down a little bit while I'm listening. Alright, I'm I'm I'll be I'm happy to, Angel. Uh favorite pride card and maybe my favorite I don't know, it's, it's probably not my favorite MMA card ever. But it's okay. in the top five. Uh is Pride Final Conflict two thousand and five. Uh, that is the card that had Fedor Emelianenko versus Mirko Krokop for the heavyweight title. One of the greatest fights ever. But also that night, they had a couple of other fights. I mean, you had, you know, Ricardo Arona versus Vanderlei, which is a banger. You had, uh, Tank Abbott losing to, uh, Yoshida easily in the first. Not a surprise there, but I think, uh, Tank Abbott only had a couple fights in Pride, so that's why it's memorable. But obviously the biggest one is Fatal Mirko Kokop, but also Shogun Hua. That was his arrival. That was his one-night tournament where he knocked out um, he knocked out Overeem. He knocked out Ricardo Arona. And he also beat people previously in the tournament, you know, like Little Nog and, and so on and so forth. So 
and Rampage. So, yeah, that's Pride Final Conflict 2005 is my pick. What about you, Angel? So, uh, mine's a Pride Shockwave 2006, Josh. Fedor submits Mark Gunn with a Kimura. Uh, also, like, in a, when we talk about, like, dogs, Josh, forgotten names on here, is, uh, Joaquin Hansen, dude, Hellboy, was submitted by Shinya Noki that night. He did lose that fight, but that guy was a fucking dog. Kind of a forgotten name in history. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the, one of the better Norwegian fighters to come out ever. Hasn't been a lot. And, uh, I'll see Norgara continuing his reign there. Gabriel Melendez was on that card against Kawajiri. Uh, Gomi was on that. One was soccer kicks. I'm sure plenty of people have seen Base. that KO on Twitter. Seen that, that, uh, that KO on Twitter or somewhere on the internet. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is one of the ones that I've personally enjoyed. Yeah, I looked it up right now. That's a, that's an all-timer too. That's an all-time great card. You got James Thompson on there. You love to see him, man. Right. Fujita. God, you're not even wrong, dude. Pride Column, the one you chose, 2005, fucking banger, too. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of really good ones, man. There's a, there's a lot of ones. All the Final Conflict X are very good, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, but a lot of newer fans, though, like you said, there's like, you said there's a couple of guys who've been lost like that, but there's a lot of guys, man, who have been lost to time, who are just Pride guys, WBC guys, they just never got the respect because they, you know, they let UFC bought them out, and, you know, you're not going to pay, like, why would you acknowledge those guys, you know, they're the competition, so. Dude, my guy, Igor Vetchin, dude. This is actually a good question. It's like, uh, like keeping within the same theme, but not exactly. Who is your favorite forgotten MMA fighter? Who is a guy that, like, this isn't even one of the fan questions, but, like, who do you fucking love that just nobody talks about? Igor Vetchin. That's it? That's your guy? Dude, dude, the fact that he was 5'8", fighting at against these heavyweights, which in modern time, he probably would have ended up being a 185-er. It yeah. was, and he had like, almost, he had like almost 70 fights, Josh. Like, that, <laughs> that shit is so badass. I even, I managed to see his first like two or three fights. I, I was able to watch him. And he was putting, he, he wasn't just like, Taking these guys at distance, taking that dude, he was putting fuckers out. He made his debut in 1995, Josh, like significantly before you know, like any of these big promotions. And he was a Ukrainian guy too. Like it, it, it's just very like a cool thing to me. He, he, like I said, he debuted in 95. He didn't make his pride debut, Josh, until 1999. Damn. Yeah, like it was almost a whole five years later till he made his debut in Pride, and he had already had almost he had already had like thirty plus fights. Damn, dude. Yeah, I mean he's a dog, dude. He's he's another one of those guys you never hear anybody talk about. Him. But the other one, the other the other one was Joaquin Hansen, dude. Like completely lost to history. No one will ever remember him except me. Yeah, nobody talks about him anymore. He was a fucking dog. I was literally thinking about him right now, <laughs> looking at his wiki. Yeah, dude, that guy chose violence every time. Yeah, dude, just just a fucking dog. Just a dog. Um, I'd probably pick Spencer Fisher. Probably he he's he's an action <laughs> fighter from from that. I think he t- retired around like like twenty twelve or something. Like he he's not going to be added to the Hall of Fame. He's probably never. I mean, his trilogy with Sam Stout was insane, but I don't think he'll ever make the Hall of Fame for it. Um, just an all time action guy, and a lot of those action guys. Just some of them from the early days just never they didn't get to stay around, stay around unfortunately. 
Uh, and Spencer Fisher is one of those guys, dude. Just a fucking dog. Like some of the <laughs> most entertaining fights you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a bunch of guys like that. Yeah. And just I mentioned it, you know, shout out Sam Stout, too. You, you obviously had the trilogy with him. KJ Noons is another one. Remember KJ Noons, Angel? Mm-hmm. Fucking love me some KJ Noons, you know? A little but, throwback name there, too, dude. Holy shit. Knock, he, I don't think he knocked out um, Nick Diaz. Beat Nick Diaz, though. So, back in uh, back in Elite XC. I, th- I think he was also, like, something crazy, like 12-0 and 0 as a pro boxer. Like, he's good, man. He's good. Um, but anyway, I think it's about time to go ahead and move on. It's actually a very good question. Um, props to whoever asked this question. Better chance to win. Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury or KSI versus Tommy Fury? Who has the better chance to win against the Fury brother? Well, this this one's very easy for me, Josh, and it has to be JJ. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's, yeah. I mean, it's it comes down to just experience, right? I mean, JJ and Tommy are significantly closer in experience in comparison to Francis and uh, Tyson. Like, the experience gap there is significantly bigger in comparison to J.J. and Tommy. I think if you kind of break it down very simply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I completely agree. Um, it's a good question, but it is an obvious answer. I think KSI is, is uh, by how, because, like, I don't think he'll win either. I think he's probably going to get fucked up. Um, but I think, you know, he's so wild. He does pack power, you know, like. He's around, like, it, it, I can see there. there's a path to victory for him there, you know? Well, not really, but, I mean, to hope to land a big shot. I give him a better chance of landing a big shot on Tommy, but I give, a, you know, a bigger chance of Nganu than landing one on Tyson, you know? Um, and to kind of segue this into, like, another conversation, uh, Francis Nganu had his open workout uh, yesterday, and we kind of talked about this briefly in the, the green room. He did a little bit of sparring, um, with our boy Carlos Taken, former heavyweight title challenger. What'd you make Shout of it, man? I, I saw, you know, very, uh, differing opinions online coming out of this open workout. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an open workout, man. What can you take from it? Obviously, not to be disrespectful, but you really can't take a lot from it. I mean, it's, you can only take bits. And, uh, he, at the same time, this is a 42 year old, Carlos Stockham, you know what I mean? And it is heavyweight, guys do last longer. Uh, and he has been around quite some time. And obviously, I'm sure there's a lot that he's teaching him, a lot that he's probably explained. But the thing is, it's like, what is there? By the, what the fuck? Carlos Stockham fought Fabio Maldonado? Holy shit, I just found yep. that out. That was so random. Well, Fabio Maldonado was like something crazy. Like, he started out 24 as a pro boxer or something. That's wild. I just found that out today. Yeah, he didn't uh, find anybody good, but still, you know. Regardless, though, I mean, yeah, there's a, from sparring and, and footage and hitting pads, what what can you take? You know what I mean? You can't take a lot. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but he looks all right. I mean, to, to put it simply, I think he looks just all right. But it, 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 with, with anything like this, Josh, you can't take – a lot from it, you know. I think he's just looking all right. I mean, I don't think he looks significantly great. I don't think he looks bad either. I think he just looks okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. He looks okay. Um, he does not look that great. 
Um, the he, he and he looks kind of slow, but I try not to take too many. You know, like for example, he looked slow in one of the clips of like of Tyson kind of directing him, like you know, right hand of the body, you know, like go, you know, like just like he was coaching him up, and it was like a pretty cool clip, but he did look pretty slow. But at the same time, I saw people roasting that. And it's like who knows when that clip was taken, how deep into the training session was that, you know, like like you mentioned, there's not a whole lot you can t- really take away. But it was pretty cool to see him being coached up by Mike and, and seeing him get to do a little bit of sparring. Also, he's, um, he's training. He's not fucking going at a thousand percent either, you know. Yeah, exactly. And we are just a month. We are just a month away. Yeah. So that's, we are only a month out. That's wild. But John Fury went ahead and said, you know, God help him. It's a disgrace about his. Uh, his that, that's he he roasted uh, Nganu's, uh pad work. So you know. We will see. Um, in terms of uh, how well he does, we're only a month out though, so you know, not a whole lot of changes he'll be able to make in in that time frame. But yeah, man, uh, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff to kind of close out that fan question. Yeah, I give KSI much of a better chance. Um, I give. I mean, I honestly give him like a twenty percent chance of beating Tommy. One in five. Not great, but you know. I'd give Ngannou a 1 in 100 of beating Tyson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, man. Um, next up, this is, this is a quick question. Uh, this is a Twitter one. Somebody DM'd us. They just asked about how do you do the production side of your podcast? Not, uh, not, like I said, Josh, uh, not not very well. <laughs> I'll be quite <laughs> honest. It probably, it probably could be better, but we do the best we can. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not great. Um, we are, you know, we we are, we're getting better, I think. Um, in terms of our, we handle our stuff through, like, Podbean. I recommend if you're somebody who's trying to start a podcast, uh, go through Podbean or somebody like that who will distribute your podcast for you, for, typically for, like, a really small fee uh, if you pay them, or sometimes they'll do it for free. It's much easier than doing it yourself and trying to, you know, set it up on every single fucking website. Um but yeah, man. I mean, I don't have too many big, you know, things to say. Honestly, like we do it through Podbean. In terms of our recording stuff, Angel, this is, this is a fun time to say that we're hopefully soon, within the next couple of months, we'll have uh, either we'll move to recording and have like a video version of the podcast, and we'll just be doing it like you know from our own homes and like over Skype or, or Zoom or whatever it may be. But you'll be able to see us. Uh, either we're gonna go ahead and do that soon, or we're gonna have even you know. In person, me and Angel filming our own whole new setup. So our production side of the podcast will be changing within the next couple of months. But for right now, it's pretty simple, you know, not not too much to say. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's basically it. Um, in terms of and in terms of production, if it if any sponsors out there want to help us get a new setup, uh, it's just, it's just you can reach out. <laughs> you can reach out. All of our information is available on YouTube and our. Uh, Courtside Sound Off website. So please go ahead and feel free to get in contact if you do want to go ahead and sponsor the show. Uh, because we do have two fantastic ones right now, but we will go ahead and keep it moving. All right now, you know, we got, we'll go ahead and get some new sponsors if anyone wants to go ahead and help out. So, yeah. Um, anyways, man, uh, that's about all I got for this one. Uh, and this is going to be the, the last question. This is one that <laughs> somebody on TikTok said. Uh, Angel. Quick thoughts, Kansas City native, or, or how happy are you with with uh, Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift? Quick thoughts. 
I'm I'm indifferent. I'm gonna hurt some people here. I'm indifferent. You you don't care about it, Angel? No, Josh, I you don't. You fucking monster. Like I told you earlier, Josh, I can't wait till they break up. She writes a song about it. <laughs> I gotta be honest, dude. You know, like maybe what if they don't break up, Angel? What if what if like they end up getting married and having kids? You know, like I mean, good for them, dude. Game you go down to the power and light, you see fucking tra- uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. You know, like. <laughs> Shit, I mean, uh, it'll be nice for, I mean, I'm sure there'll be more, uh, you know, Taylor Swift concerts in Kansas if that were to happen. That's true. So I know you're, you're thrilled about it, but, uh. uh I mean, I don't, I don't call myself, I don't think, I'm not a Swifty personally, but, you know, for those. You're not are, a Swifty? Damn it, dude. I thought this whole time that you were. No, no. I've got to ask you if you wanted to go buy tickets for the next time she's in town, man. But, uh, I guess it'll just be me out there. Um, right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, uh. The only the only thing I have to add about this um, this this Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey thing is uh, I think it's so fucking funny um, because I've seen Travis and I said this I said this to you you know before we start filming but I've seen Travis Kelsey play football like every like every Sunday in the fall for like a decade now and he's always out there being fucking crazy getting into fights being just doing crazy shit. And then on Sunday, Taylor Swift is there, and he's shy as shit. He's, he's waving to the box, you know. It's like, it's like, bro, I saw you fight a guy in practice two months ago. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? But uh, yeah, that's the only thing I have to add to it. I think it's pretty funny. Um, fucking, I saw that picture came out of uh, him driving her around downtown Kansas City. I'm like, dude, she's probably. She's getting to go through what I go through every day now. Like, oh yeah, that road's closed. Fucking that road's closed. This is under construction, you know? Like, <laughs> she's got the whole experience, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the, uh, my, my only thoughts on it. Um, although apparently Travis Kelsey, his, his jersey sales are up 400%. So if anybody wants to buy my Travis Kelsey jersey for way more than, you know, <laughs> the original asking price, just go ahead and hit me up. So, um, Anyway. Wait, do you do you even have a Mahomes jersey right now? I I do. I have well, kind of, kind of, but not really. I do. Have, I have like a Mahomes shirt jersey. You know, it's one of those. Uh, okay, okay. That's like, yeah. It's like it's kind of like a jersey, but it doesn't have. It's not made of the same material. It's just some bullshit. You know. Just like it's just it's just not the same. If I'm being honest, it's not <laughs> the same. But I do have an actual legit Kelsey Super Bowl jersey from uh, like 2020. So Ooh, look at you, you die. I know. I know. I know. Big deal. Big deal. Uh, but anyways, man, that's all we got for fan questions. So we'll go ahead and close it out with some news and a couple of fight announcements. That's pretty much most of this uh, section, man. UFC 296 got beefed up, Angel. We got a couple fight announcements that we knew, and we got a couple that we did not know about. Uh, Leon Edwards and Colby Covington will headline UFC 296 in December. Uh, Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Roy Val for the flyweight title has been added to that event. And then we got also two executions. Um, it's just, it's just, I mean, maybe one of these will be competitive. I think one of these will be competitive. The other one will be an execution. Uh, Leon, not Leon Edwards, obviously. Um, me. Shavkat, who we talked about a lot about. We see him as a future champion. We see him as a future guy challenging Leon Edwards, challenging Colby Covington. Well, he's been trying to get a big name. He's gotten it. He's going to face Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in December. This one came out of nowhere. Wonderboy was talking about fighting Kamaru Usman. He will now take on Shavkat, and a potential winner will face the winner of Leon and Colby. Dude, um, what do you think about this one, man? Uh, really came out of nowhere. Biggest fight of Shavkat's career. If Wonderboy gets a win here, it would be fucking massive. It would be a massive upset. 
What do you think about it? Look, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, kind of conversation about this match. People kind of some happy, some upset, uh, some excited, some not. But rankings wise, Josh, oddly, I think it makes sense. I mean, I think if I I'm looking at it right now, Shockbot's number six, Wonder Boy's seven. I mean, it's 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 fair game, right? Like as much as people might want to hate on it, uh, and Shockbot did look a little human in his last fight. Wonder Boy is looking for a fight, is older, but needs to take on one of these up, uh, you know, names up here and, and fight regardless. The younger guy, obviously, you did fight a younger guy in Gilbert Burns, didn't go his way. He's fighting another young guy in Shockbot, who's looking. Extremely dangerous. And also, Josh, another thing we got to think about is Shockbot's finished every single one of his opponents he's fought. Scary as fuck to even say that. But Wonder Boy's only been finished once in his career is by Anthony Pettis with Superman Punch. So Shockbot does have his work cut out, man. I mean, it's, Wonder Boy is still very fucking game. So mm-hmm. I think matchup-wise, I think it, it, it does – it's good. I think I think we should be happy for both Wonder Boy and Shockbot. It, it, it's time. we got to get the ball rolling in this division and maybe even move out some of these younger guys. And then, or if not move them out, help them go forward in a division so that later on maybe they can move on. Mm. Yeah, and like you said, as much as some people were saying, like, you know, I hate this matchup, you know, I said it was, I, I said there's two executions. This is the fight that I think may not be. Like, Wonder Boy, especially if the fight is going to be on the feet, and I think Shavkat, you know, like, he may take this one to the ground, but I also think he's got, he probably wants to test himself a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if it stays on the feet for a minute. Um, Wonder Boy on the feet is still excellent, and you saw that against Kevin Holland. You see that he's still, if he has the right matchup on the right night, he can still be competitive with the best of them. Um, I don't think he'll win this fight, but matchup-wise and rankings-wise, it does make sense. Uh, and Wonder Boy said that he wanted to prove that he can, you know, go. That he said that he wanted one last run to the title, um, and he said he's getting paid really well for this one. So, I mean, you can't really be mad at it. Um, I am mad about this next fight announcement. Because I said they should have made this fight, but I said they should make this fight like two years ago at this point. Um, Patty Pimblett, Patty the Batty Pimblett, will return in December at UFC 296 to face El Kakui, Tony Ferguson, who has lost his last five fights, Angel, uh, and none of them really have been very competitive. Uh, last loss to Bobby Green uh, earlier this summer. Um, look, what do you think? What do you? What do you? What do you I don't. Even, I don't know what to say about this one. What do you? What do you think, Angel? I mean, it's both good and bad, man. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I think for Patty, it's good because he gets to fight a big name and and be out there on a big card again. But bad for Tony because he's he's having a rough time, man. I mean, it, 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 it's just it, this probably you shouldn't be fighting a younger guy. You should be fighting older guys, older. They've been decreasing his competition, Josh. I mean, Bobby Green, as far as like lower at the end, one fifty fivers that are still pretty elite. I mean, I'd say Bobby Green's probably the cutoff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and funnily enough, I think uh, Patty should have maybe. Probably fought Bobby Green to begin with. I think originally I wanted him to fight uh, the winner of Drew Dover, Bobby Green, and that would have been a good matchup. Didn't end up happening if he wasn't going to fight uh, Jared Gordon again or whatever. Uh, but I saw Matt Favola, Bobby Green, and uh, thought it just said his name. Drew Dover were all good matchups uh, that made sense. They were they were leading into the rankings. Uh, so they went to Tony Ferguson. I still think those fights do make sense, but. Funny and left, all those guys are booked, even Bobby Green. So 
I can't be too mad, I guess, because I guess none of those matchups were even available to begin with, maybe, or they had already been planned out or whatever. So I guess this is the next option. But if we're looking forward, Josh, I mean, they, they want to use Patty to fight, I guess, now probably some relevant names, but I guess he did fight Jared Gordon. So you can make an argument that maybe if they, then why didn't they give him someone else who was kind of on a Jared Gordon level as far as name was? I don't know, but I guess they're trying to maybe maximize Patty now or they want to kind of get the push on him. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I would assume is they're trying to they're about to start kicking off the patty push again. Um, yeah, I mean I don't know what to say about this man. I mean, like you said, this fight would have made sense a year or two ago, whenever Patty was first coming up and kind of moving towards the. He hadn't started facing guys who were like on the, you know, on the pathway to the rankings. Um, but a guy like a guy like Jared Gordon is already that. He's already beaten. Like I think a guy like Jared Gordon would easily. Beat you know Tony Ferguson today, let alone you know having Patty fight him. So it's just it's it's terrible. I mean I, I gotta be honest, it's just it's downright it's downright bad. I mean I see some people who are like maybe Tony will pull it out. You know he's only faced good competition, but it's like it's about how he's looked. You know at first I was one of those people for his first two or three or four losses. I'm like well he has faced good people, but these last two against Nate and Bobby Green, he has not even looked like Tony Ferguson out there. You know what I mean? He doesn't look like the same person. Yeah. Um, and then combining that with the DUI that happened recently, or earlier this year, it's like, man, I don't want to see Tony fighting anymore, man. Uh, especially not against a guy like Patty. Like, I think Patty's probably just going to run through him if I had to guess. And that's so that's so upsetting that I'll have to live in a world where Patty Pimblett beats Tony Ferguson. You know that? Like, fucking... That's Josh, the world I have to fucking live in. Like, Josh, like, how can I wake up in the fucking morning, dude, and be okay with myself? For real, how can I? How can I look at myself in the mirror the morning after UFC 296 and not just feel utter shame and guilt for being an MMA fan? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how can I? How can I do that? You know, just so upsetting. But um, that is that's the last. I mean, that's all I got to say about it. Um, we did get uh, another fight announcement. This one's at least like. This is a banger of a fight announcement. So, you know, it's the exact, we're going from one, you know, one extreme to the other. Uh, Alex Pahea and Yuri uh, Projaka will face off at USC 294 for the vacant light heavyweight title. We've seen this discussed and rumored for a long time. We finally have a date and an event. Uh, give me your, your thoughts on this one. Was this the right fight to make? So on and so forth. For what fights? I'm sorry. Uh, you said a Yuri and Alex, right? Yeah. All right, sorry. For some reason, I didn't hear you. Uh, fuck. I mean, are, are we surprised though? You know, nah. like we kind of we kind of knew they were going to this direction. We kind of knew they wanted to go this way. It's not a surprise. If it wasn't going to be Uncle Liam, it was going to be Pahea. You know, it's not act surprise. You know, this is this is the way they were going to go. Um, mm-hmm. Does Uncle Liam even have a fight announced or anything yet? Do we even know? Is he still? Uh, no. He's still MIA. He's still MIA. You got him talk about a guy just fucking up his own career. Jesus. I mean, granted, Josh, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors negotiation. Actually, he does have a fight in that, Josh. You see 294, Johnny Walker. I forgot I saw this a week ago. Oh, really? That's that's official. That's official, yeah. I just had to do okay. some quick little research. But, yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, that, that that's for the title next, right? I mean, <laughs> they got, talk about a number one contender fight, right? They're getting right in line, so Alex Pahey and Yuri Perzaka will know their next opponent here in a few weeks. Isn't that kind of scary? There's a few times in, in when you fight where you kind of know that's going to happen, and I wonder if that's kind of like, well, you know, you're obviously you're focused on the task ahead, 
but immediately, yeah. not too long after, you know what's next. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just hope that the light heavyweight division gets moving, man. I mean, it's 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 been I mean, it is John Jones left the division, you know. I mean, it is. It's about to, Josh. I mean, we yeah. see it here with this fight. It's going to happen. No, no, I, no, no. I know it's supposed to happen. <laughs> Josh, it's supposed to happen, but it's not happening. I have like PTSD from the light heavyweight division, just con- consistently, just fucking crazy. You know. Well, well, from the looks of it, it looks like we're about to start moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, this is the fight to make. Obviously, light heavyweight title fight to make. Uh, no other, not really surprising. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, man, um, it was the right fight to make, and I'm excited for it. And dude, UFC 294 is going to be their biggest event, um, in a, in a long time, you know. And by UFC 294, I think I've been saying UFC 294. I mean fucking UFC 295. <laughs> I mean UFC 295. In case I'm not being clear enough, the Jones Miocic card in uh, November, just to be clear. Um, that'll be an absolutely insane card going down in MSG. I'm not sure if you've seen the tickets for that one, Angel. Like, the starting ticket prices are, like, $600 or something. No, I know. They're insane. Yeah. Fucking crazy. But, anyways, man. Um, next up, this is, uh, this is a disappointing one. Um, admittedly, two things. Didn't know this was still going. I also didn't. Uh, I'm not really surprised at the way that it went. UC 200 went down seven years ago. Over seven years ago, Mark Hunt lost to Brock Lesnar. That fight was later overturned, and he later sued the UC, alleging that they let Brock Lesnar fight, knowing that he was on banned substances. This obviously has to do with the USADA waiver that he was given, which, funny enough, Conor McGregor has not gotten over this year. Um... Mark Hunt sued the UFC for seven years, which just shows the, the slow pace of the justice system. They were in court. Mark Hunt lost his lawsuit officially yesterday to the UFC, Brock Lesnar, and Dana White. Um, not really surprising, Angel. Uh, give me your memories of this whole situation, because I'm sure that you completely forgot this was happening, because admittedly, so did I. I mean, it had been, it's been like randomly brought up for a while, because it's been going on for quite some time, hasn't it? Yeah. Hey, how long do you, do you have any idea how long it's been going on? Uh, I mean, the fight happened in 2016. He started suing him the following year, so six years, a six-year uh law case. So all for nothing, right? Like it just, it's just absolute for nothing. I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, disappointing for him, right? Obviously unhappy, but I, I wonder what the ruling was. Like, what exactly led to the decision of them not going in his favor? You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, I wonder, if, like, what justification they gave by not, you know, by him not winning it or what the reason he didn't win it. Uh, what a, what led to the inevitable decision they had on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, like, I, like I went ahead and said, um, it is what it is. Not very surprised he lost this one, and he's probably going to have to pay the USC a shit ton of money in court fees. So, I mean, I, I don't... Uh, I, I honestly feel bad for him because he had a lot of bad uh, people in this space who were cheering this on. And the entire time I'm like, guys, like, use your fucking heads. Like, he's going to lose his case. There's there's no real, like, even the worst case scenario for the UC, you know, it's really hard to prove. And he was never going to be able to prove it. And he had a lot of people cheering him on who were like, yeah, fuck the UFC. And it's like, I'm like, you know, same case, guys, but it's just... 
let's also use our heads here. And now Marcon's probably going to have to pay like, you know, $400,000. Last time I saw it was like upwards of $400,000 back to the UFC, not including the legal fees he would have already had to pay. Uh, so that fucking sucks. So, but yeah, man, sucks, sucks for Marcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a brief topic. Uh, Jake Hager, uh, former WWE champion Jack Swagger, um, had an MMA Jack career. Jack Swagger. <laughs> yeah, I know, the one and only, you know, the all-American American, Jack Swagger, also known as Jake Hager, had a couple fights in Bellator, went undefeated. Uh, we haven't seen him since 2020, and he was doing a, uh, a Q&A recently, and somebody asked him if he was going to fight again, and he said... No, I'm retired. Quote, Bellator was jerking me off. So, uh, I thought that was a reason to stay around, but apparently Jake Hager is deciding to retire. <laughs> uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, obviously, the retirement of a legend. I mean, we talk about his, we talk, we make reference to Jake Hager all the time on this show. Yeah, on a pretty regular basis. You're not wrong. <laughs> you should, what can you say, man? I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I guess. What's your, favorite Jake Hager, what's your favorite Jake Hager memory, Angel? In, oh, in the Josh. Case? I got a phoner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rock hard with emotion right now. Yeah, there was no, there was, there was, he, I, that's the only thing I basically remember from his, from his MMA fights, honestly. Well, and also him calling out Fedor, right? Like, that shit was funny. He did call out, he called out Fedor for a while. For like a year, he was trying to get that fight, too. Uh, so that sucks for Jake Edgar. Hey man, I thought he, I thought he was gonna, you know, do more in MMA. You know, for, he's an Oklahoma boy. You know, has the record for most pins in Oklahoma history. The, uh, like not Oklahoma State, but like you know, for the University of Oklahoma, I guess I should say. Yeah, man. So that sucks though. Just I guess it, the fight's just probably just didn't end up coming into fruition. Yeah, that's what I assume. Also. Uh, this is a this is a good this is really really off topic, Angel. But KSI and uh, Misfits are officially their box rec official. I'm not sure if you've if you've kept up with the drama of him and Jake really? Paul, but it just it just came onto my feed right now. KSI uh, in versus uh, Tommy Fury, and that entire card is on box rec. It's officially box rec official, Angel. How about that? I know. It's been, I'm not sure if you've seen all the controversy of him and Jake Paul going back and forth. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm on box rec. You're not, you know? I guess, I guess. I see it. I see it. I just looked at it right now. It's on here. That's crazy, right? Logan's on here. Everybody's on here now. Saw Poppy's on there now, too. Slim. It's so weird because it has all their real names. Like, you see the swarms on here. Brandon Scott, you know? <laughs> Winterson Nunez. Good for them, though. Good for them. Yeah, we didn't really talk about Misfits, but what do you what do you think about Salt Poppy versus uh you know Slim being announced? Fucking finally, dude. They were able to get him paid. Yeah, I'm so excited for that fight, man. That's gonna be the best uh, best fight of the night, probably. I mean, we got Waleed Sharks versus our boy uh, Dean the Great. I mean, that's another one. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That's, that's another one. We've been waiting. What is it? Over a year for that now? Yeah. Something like that. We're waiting for a while. But, Dude, uh, what, what about we? What the fuck, Josh? Fight Circus just signed her boy Ben Davis. Yeah, Ben Davis was signed by Fight Circus. Uh, we'll, we'll see who he's gonna fight. <laughs> what the fuck? 
But uh, yeah, I mean, that, I think we should go ahead and uh, go ahead and move on. This is our last topic of the of the day. Um, Canelo Alvarez will be taking on. This is the only real combat this week. Canelo Alvarez will be taking on Jermel Charlo this Saturday night in Vegas. This is going to be the first time in boxing history that two undisputed male champions face off. Charlo is moving up not one but two weight classes for this one, which is you know. Like ten pounds, but um, uh, it's more like fourteen, but still. Uh, what do you think about this fight, man? Obviously, Canelo is a huge favorite coming off a win over John Ryder in May. Charlo has not fought in over a year, coming up to weight classes. Uh, what do you think about it? Dude, I'm excited. It's a bup, 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 banger. Truly testing himself. I got him credit. By the way, I'll never forget that Jason Rosario fight that started off very weirdly, but he ended up closing out. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, that one was, uh, I remember that. Jason Rosario, that guy came out of nowhere, too, which was another awesome story in boxing itself. Beating Julian Williams back in 2020. COVID, pre-COVID, that was in January. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then during COVID, beating, and then losing to Jermaine Shaw at the end of the year. What a fucking, eight months later, right, and your whole life just changes. Right? Hey, that's, that's, that's the game these guys play, man, but, uh, Big test for him. A lot of challenges ahead. Uh, Canelo looking to trying to get his 60th professional win on the night. Josh, uh, tall task ahead. No easy fights from no easy fights in his career at all. Now going forward, um, I'm excited. I mean, I, I can't believe that's that's literally upon us right here, right now. Like it's it's literally this weekend. Another. We, we've needed, like, the, the John Ryder one, yeah, it was, it was sick, the lights were, you know, Gennady, you know, whatever. But this is, this is a big fight. Like, there's truly, you know, there's something on the line here. You know, this is like B-Ball, this is Caleb Plant, yeah. you know what I mean? He's Billy Joe Saunders, like, this is a name this like that. This is fucking history, Angel. That's yes. what it is. It's fucking history. You know? When you said that, all I could think is that, uh, you know, on ESPN after how they show fighters after they lose, and they showed like Loma and Oscar Valdez, and they, he's like, this is, this is not a movie. This is not a TV show. This is real life. This is, this is actually happening, if you know what I'm referring to. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I mean, hey, jokes aside, it is history, dude. First time in boxing history that two undisputed champions that are male that will face off. Um, admittedly, I, you know, I love me, I love me some Jermel Charlo, you know, it, for a while there, it wasn't clear who the better brother was, I and think Jermel has, huh? But then you found out. Yeah, I mean, Jermel's the, technically the one with a loss on his record, but Jermel, you know, I have not been, he hasn't fought in over two years, he's been doing who knows what. He's got some personal issues going on. Yeah, meanwhile, Jermel is just carving out a fucking legacy for himself, man, down to light middleweight. So, uh, I, I mean, I think Canelo's going to get the win, obviously, but Jermel is a dog for stepping up. Because originally he was supposed to be Jermel, but due to those personal issues, Jermel got the nod. Uh, he's moving up two weight classes for this one. I mean, you got to give him all the props in the world, man. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Canelo here, but I'm excited to see it, man. Like you said, you know... Um, the John Ryder fight was, you know, it was kind of a gimme, you know, in his in his home country. Uh, fucking the Gennady fight, we kind of knew the case there. It was another, it was basically for him to go out there, get paid, close out the trilogy. Everybody knew it was going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, it's going to be compelling. It's going to be competitive. I'm excited to see it. Uh, any closing thoughts on this or anything else before we go and bounce out of here, man? 
No, I mean, I, I think we covered everything really well, man. I'm just excited to come back next week, get into previewing fights. October is going to be a massive month, Josh, for MMA, Bellator 300, UFC 294, right? Uh, and then some good little mixed-in cards in there, some other boxing going down in the month. Francis and Gone versus Tyson Fury. Let's get it. All next, not all next week, but all happening next month leading into next week. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Super, super excited. October? Guys, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know if we'll do anything fun. You know, Halloween coming up, obviously. Biggest fucking month for, for, uh, for the show in a while, man. I mean, we obviously talked about it. Fury and Ganu, the Prime card, UFC 294. I'm sure there's some other shit I'm missing in there. Bells were 300, obviously. That's, that's another one. Uh, we got to recap Canelo, Charlo. October is the month. The fall is here and, and we're fucking, we're at it, man. Let's fucking go. And, uh, Hope you guys stick around. Um, I'm at Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01 at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys keep on enjoying, man. We appreciate it so much. Just hit 1,200 subs. So we appreciate that, uh, as always. So peace and butt grease. Mouse